A hell of a lot of good he had been, he thought bitterly. Reno turned in the open doorway and looked back at Wolf. What was the idea you trying to stop us, Wolf? I'm the marshal here. Reno snorted. Never thought I'd see the day. I'll have to get you for this, Reno. I didn't kill you just now, Wolf. I aimed low on purpose. That was because I owed you. But if you come after me, I'll have to kill you. And I wouldn't like that. He smiled coldly. So just stay put, amigo. He vanished from the doorway. As the sound of clattering hooves faded, Wolf's deputy ducked into the bank, his six-gun drawn. His name was Peter Winters. You all right, Wolf? The man asked anxiously as he dropped to one knee beside Wolf. I caught a slug in my leg, he told Pete. You better go for the dock. As Pete left, townsmen crowded into the bank's lobby to stare down at Wolf. Wolf felt himself growing weaker by the minute. He leaned his head back on the rough floor. Hands were lifting him. Then bright faces were staring down at him as he was carried out of the lobby and along the sidewalk to the barber shop. He was on his back on a table, and he was as drunk as a lord. The doc's bewhiskered face was looming over him, and Wolf could see the ceiling of the barber shop's back room where they had taken him. He tried to raise his head, but Pete placed the neck of a brandy bottle to his lips and forced him back down. Uncomplaining, Wolf let the fiery liquid pour down his throat, willing the intoxicant to snuff out the unwanted consciousness as Doc Jardine resumed his probing for the bullet. Through the shimmering pain that bathed him like the sun, Wolf found himself back on that desert where he first met Johnny Reno. As he rode slowly through the blasting heat, he watched the buzzards that had flapped down a moment before, waddling like obscene old women about the still body of the man lying face down in the sand, less than a couple of yards from the waterhole. Guiding his horse past the dead man, Wolf pulled up at the well, slipped wearily off the horse, and wet the animal's nose first, then let the horse drink only in small gulps. At last, certain the animal would be all right, he leaned his own face into the water. He held it under for a second or two, then sat back and, cupping the water in his hands, drank greedily. The water stung his cracked lips and ran into his dry mouth and throat. Some of the water ran down his chin and dripped onto his sweat-soaked shirt and threw it to his chest. Jeez, it felt good. Only when he had slaked his thirst did he turn his attention to the dead man stretched out behind him on the burning sand. He would have to bury him, Wolf realized, before the buzzards got to work on his carcass. He walked over to the body, took the dead man by the shoulder and rolled him over. To his surprise, the man's eyes opened, closed against the glare of the sun, then opened to a squint. The eyes were red-rimmed filled with pain, staring up at him out of a lean, sun-roasted face. Thick black hair framed it, and a cruel, thin line of a mouth twisted into a faint smile. "'You see, amigo, I'm not dead yet.' Wolf took a tin cup from his blanket roll and dipped it into the pool. Then he lifted the man's head with one hand and brought the cup to the fellow's mouth with the other. The man sipped slowly, carefully at first, then leaned back and looked up at Wolf. There is a bullet in me, amigo. It has smashed one of my ribs, and the life has drained out of me into this hot sand. 
ticket out of me. Pronto, eh? The man's eyes closed, and his head rolled slackly to one side. Wolf leaned his head against the man's chest and heard a faint but steady beat. Then he examined the man's chest. The hot sand had plugged a dark hole under the heart big enough to admit a man's thumb. By the water hole that night, in the light of a dancing fire, Wolf probed the man's chest for the elusive slug. When at last he found it and managed to work it out, his knife was blood-stained almost to the hilt, and his patient's chest was a ravaged, bleeding battleground. The hole was growing still larger, and now in the desert chill was causing his teeth to chatter as he began to feel the pain himself. He was being sucked still deeper into Reno's wound, and all the while Reno laughed, for now it was Reno standing above him with the bloody knife while Wolf lay on his...